Hello, Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woach. And I'm Walt. And we are bringing you some Week 2 action. While last week was awesome, it was fun, I won a lot of money, it was great, now I'm overconfident, we're going to go into Week 2 and we're going to lose a bunch. Isn't that the way, way it goes, Walt? <laughs> well, I hope not for me, Woach. I'm excited, baby. Last week was a good week, obviously. The kids can eat again, Woj. The kids can eat again. We have college football in full swing, and you know the games were good. You and I, I mean, as we're getting ready for this episode, we're, we're spending an hour just talking about college football. The fans don't even hear that, Woj, but you and I are talking amongst ourselves because the games were so amazing last week. Yeah, there were some up and downs, some left and rights, maybe a couple A's and a B's, but... Uh, it was a good week of football. I should say week because there was games on almost every day. Um, and it was a good DraftKings League. I'm going to get into that first before we get everything. Uh, the DraftKings League story won it. Story 1135. I won with 152. And then J.M. Doof in second and myself in third. Uh, that UTSA overtime definitely helped story as he had Frank Harris, who was the quarterback, I ended up scoring 41, 78 points, most of which came in the triple overtime because uh, I had I Clayton Toon on the other other side of the ball there, uh, which got me into third place, thankfully. But, uh, yeah, interesting week. I made some money in a 50-50. I did a $50 double up. That ended up pushing me over the board to the triple overtime. Uh, this week we're going to do the – 14 game main slate again 14 games so plenty of things to pick from uh, and we're going to go through them here for you today wall but first let's talk about some of those games last week let's start with uh, little notre dame ohio state wall that was a good football game which and man i you last week what is this is the guy i have a podcast with he's he's telling me and we're doing this podcast he's like oh ohio state they're gonna crush notre dame they're gonna crush notre dame and i'm arguing with this guy right which and i'm telling him no 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 Notre Dame is a good football team. This is going to be a good football game. And what did we get, Woj? We got a great football game, no? We did. And I'm sitting there in the first quarter, and I'm like, this is Ohio State doing what Ohio State does, starting very slow in the season and increasing by the time we get to the whatever at the end of the season they're playing lights out. But it looked like that slow starting Ohio State offense and defense although i have to give the defense props there wall and they stopped the run when they needed to stop the run and they couldn't do that in the key games last year which was oregon and michigan they couldn't stop the run when they needed to stop the run and they couldn't run the ball when they needed to run the ball and they did in this game i mean that 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 killer drive in the fourth which basically put the icing on the cake for him which was 14 plays seven minutes and nine seconds for 98 yards i mean that's just a dagger in the heart of notre dame that was a great drive one of the better drives i'm sure we'll see in college football this year uh just on the ropes needing to make a play needing to make a drive happen 98 yards 14 plays in seven minutes uh, i mean they played it well but again they they needed to stop the run and they did it, it, that game against michigan last year Walt. Michigan only threw the ball four times in the whole second half when they beat them. So they, they did a good job there. The defense showed me something they didn't show me last year. Well, well it's the, this whole game, you're talking about, I believe you said you're talking about the fourth quarter. It, it, really, the whole game up until the end of the third quarter, Notre Dame was the better football team. They, they, were, they were beating Ohio State in the horseshoe. So, I mean, I like, you're talking about Ohio State. I'm talking about Notre Dame, man. They look like a good football team. Mr. Mayor... I told you he's going to come out and, you know, be lights on fire. And he really, 
mowed over that Ohio State defense. It showed some competition this year. It showed the Big Ten how to beat Ohio State game one. So we'll see what happens going forward. But, man, I just – I like that football game. Under the lights, we had a football game. Everybody expected it wouldn't be. But, hey, 21-10, that's close, Woj. Uh, this is up to whatever distinction you want to put this at. But Oregon at Georgia, was it a good game or not a good game? It was 49-3 to at the end. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it wasn't – I mean, it's it's fun to watch football. Would you get number 11 team in the nation playing a number three team in the nation? It, it was a football game. You know, two football teams went <laughs> out there and played. But it, it wasn't a game that Oregon was ever at any point during it going to win the football game. They just – Georgia is a far superior team. And I feel sorry for Oregon too. And I, I really feel sorry for the Pac-12, especially with that Utah loss, that heartbreaking loss to Florida. I mean – it hurts them week one, which is just, these are the two games they needed to win one of them. They were not going to win this game against Georgia. They were just the dominant team. Georgia moved up in the rankings because of it. They're number two now. Yeah. Which is weird. The preseason rankings, man. I mean, who, who won the national championship last year? Well, just, I just want to get your take on that. Who won it last year again? Yeah. Georgia won it last year. Then they come out here and they just stomp Oregon. And then, you know, they, they jump Ohio state who played Notre Dame, the number five team in the nation, but they don't jump Alabama. I don't know. Let's, let's not argue. By the way, Ohio state didn't even make the playoff last year. And yet they're ranked ahead of the national championship winner. Uh, I did preseason rankings are bogus and a bunch yeah, in the preseason. Georgia jumped in this week, though, Woj. So you can't, yeah. you can't get on them too much now that Georgia jumped into two. So we'll see. Hey, D still looks great despite losing basically everybody to the NFL. Uh, so props to, to them for being able to pick up where they left off. Stenson Bennett surely did pick up where he left off, getting the uh, the most valuable player in the championship game, 25 for 31 for 368 yards and two TDs. Uh, I mean, he looked on on point. He didn't even play the whole game, so – uh, props to him. Uh, a bunch of other good games. We saw the, the the clown circus rodeo that was that LSU game at the uh, <laughs> at the uh, last game of the week uh, against Florida State. But yeah, that was a little wild. Nevertheless, uh, we there is some news, Wall, and I know you've heard about this. We've talked about it. The playoffs are going to a 12-team playoff. Wall, how about it in 2026? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll run over this. The thing I want to say beforehand is that, you know, they, they voted for this to happen. It, it doesn't mean this is for sure going to happen or this is for sure the way things are going to play out. There's a lot of moving parts to this, Woj. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are excited about this. You know me. I'm, I'm not – I don't see why we need that many teams in the playoffs. Hey, fine, we're going to move it to – well, that's 2006. I don't care that much. But when we get to, like, 32 teams and we cut out half the regular season – that's where I'm going to start to have an issue because then you don't really see the teams play enough. You know, it's just vote who's the biggest name year in and year out. Well, as you're saying that I'm thinking conferences are going to bump it up at least one more game. The SEC's already talked about it. When Texas and Oklahoma join, they want to go to a nine game regular season schedule. Uh, but there is a little bit of pushback there on that end, but I'm sure they're going to get a deal done there. But nevertheless, I, I do like the 12 teams. I think it's a perfect combo. It gets all of your conference champions into or your power fives into the playoffs, which is I mean, not, not not guaranteed. I'll go over the stipulation of that in a second, but it likely will be a top five or all the power five conferences, conference winners get in for sure, which is good. I like that. Um, Here's the stipulations with the Dove. So uh, it's the six highest ranked conference champions. So six highest ranked conference champions. 
So I know you're saying six, well, there's only five power fives, but it's the sixth highest ranked conference champion. No matter what conference you're in in the FBS, if you're the higher rank, you get in. And then after that, it's the six essentially at large. Uh, so the six uh, highest ranked teams other than those that have already gotten in. Uh, the top four conference champs, highest winning conference champs, uh, will receive a first round bye. So kind of sticks it to Notre Dame there to actually have to get into a conference or likely BYU this year, uh, because if they make it, they don't get a bye because guess what? They don't have a conference to, to fight a championship for. Uh, so even if they were ranked number one in the rankings, they wouldn't get a bye. Uh, the other eight teams will play and host the lower seed. So the higher seed will host the lower seed, which is kind of cool. You get a little hometown playoff action, which is going to be really exciting for college football. It's a little, the tradition of whole college football scene. So being able to play your first playoff game at home would be, would be pretty sweet. Well, there's, there's a, again, and I'm, I want to bring this up. There's a lot of politics in college football and love it or hate it. There just is. So we'll see. I mean, the way it's laid out now, I haven't had a time to digest it, to really look into it or, make a you know a valid opinion on my own but we'll see if it comes to fruition for one if it does get talked about and maybe talked about moving up you know a couple seasons as of now they're scheduling 2026 i mean the, oh geez i don't even know if i'm gonna live that long my friend so we'll see 2026 is a long time down the road if they talk about moving it up then i'll pay a little more attention but hey we got four years to worry about it so uh, something in the works already wall and live is uh, there's a transfer portal window change for this year uh, they'll have, if you're going to be in the transfer portal, you have 45 days beginning the day following the championship selection. And you have 15 days from the 1st to the 15th of May, which is basically the end of spring training, uh, spring practices. So a total of 60 days in the window to transfer. Uh, they would said they would make accommodations for FCS and FBS players that were in championship games. Um, but... Uh, that is a big change. Well, not only nine, only 60 days now to essentially pick what you want to do and where you want to go. It it has to be this way. Which And I, Mike Leach, I believe it was Mike Leach that was talking about this. You cannot have players that have these big NIL deals and then let them have all this luxury about choosing where they're going to go. Mr. Mike Leach himself, I believe it was him. I don't want to misquote him if it wasn't, but I believe he's the one that said, you know, hey, these guys are making money now. They're professionals. How about we start drafting them rather than letting them pick where they want to go, which <laughs> I agree with that. Which I mean, if you want to be a professional and not an amateur, you know, that's the way the professionals do it. You you get told where you go. You get drafted with all this leeway they have for transfer portal. They have these NIL deals. I mean, Quinn Ewers, a guy maybe we'll talk about with that Texas-Alabama game this week, just taking advantage of the system. Things need to change. They need to figure it out. I think it's a great start. You know, it still gives kids options, but it limits their options. It is a good start, and there it gives closure to a transfer season, right? Because there, there, there essentially wasn't closure before on when people were transferring, and that's what made it kind of stupid, to be honest. But now there's closure to it. it it's, a, it's a window for you to figure out what you want to do, when you want to do it. And, you know, come the 15th of May, everybody's set in place. There's no more transfers after that, which is, that's great. Uh, it's good for the programs because, again, 44% of the starting quarterbacks last weekend, well, were transfers. And that is an incredible amount of just starting quarterbacks, number ones that are just moving around. And like you said, just 
we'll, we'll talk about who wears next, but uh, games this week while well, we got number one Alabama heading down to Texas to play the Longhorns 11 a.m. on Fox. Well, well, I, I think they're going to be ready to play this football game. I think Mr. Saban is going to have them coached up God, and ready to so. play this football game. Yeah, I hope so too. We'll, we'll see. Actually, I kind of hope not because I'm a Texas fan. So, uh, I mean, on Fox, 11 a.m., you know what you're getting. Remember last time that Texas had that big game, they had Mr. Matthew McConaughey pull up in that, you know, slow ride music on game day watch. You remember that? Yeah. That was the that was the tits watch. Let's see what they do for this game. They're going to have to pull out something. Let me tell you, Bama minus 20 over under a 65 and a half. Texas plus 850. Whatever ESPN does. Well, this one's on Fox watch, but I think ESPN on is Fox, there for game day. But I think game day is down there, too. No, that, that's where I... game day is going I don't. Yeah. Well, if, if game day is there, it's it's a wild ride. It's a good pick. So. Yeah. They they got they got they get to they're putting one up on Fox again because the only actual action you're going to see is before the game. Once once the game starts, I think Bama's really going to take it to them. I'm a Longhorn fan. You know, I hate to say that, but they're just a better team, Moj. Yeah. Uh, Bama is a better team. We saw that last week. Trade. Bryce Young is just unbelievable. Uh, he's the most expensive player in the slate, by the way, at 10,200. Wild, would you like to take a stab at who the second most expensive player is in DraftKings? Just a, just a wild guess. Who the player is or his, his number, how much he costs? Who, who, the, who the player is. Who's the second? So we chase Bryce Young is the number one. Who's the number two most expensive player in this 14-game slate? Is, uh, Hartman, is Hartman in the slate or no? He is in the slate. Is, is it him or I, I don't it know. Is, who it, is. it is not. Uh, Hartman's close not. though, but uh, it is the backup quarterback to, <laughs> to Bryce Young <laughs> in Jalen Monroe. The second oh. highest, the, the two quarterbacks from Alabama <laughs> are the number one on, and number now. two Bryce Pearson in the 14 game slate. Just in case like Bryce Young comes out on Friday and says, oh shit, I broke my toe. I can't play. DraftKings covered themselves with uh, making Jalen Monroe uh, $9,600. But that is, uh, that's wild. I just thought that was a funny stat. But he played balls of the walls last week, scored a lot of points. That is a lot of cash though to throw down. 10200 I don't think I've ever priced out anybody on my DraftKings team with that. That's a lot of your chunk of your roster. But while on the other side we have the man, the myth, the legend, Bijan Robinson. I, you didn't talk about him in the buildup here. I thought you were for sure going that direction, but only 7,300 on DraftKings wall. If there was ever a time to get Bijan on a non-inflated price, this is your week. You have to play Alabama, but this is your week to get him at a cheap price wall. What are you thinking? I mean, I I love Bijan Robinson much, and I love that this game's on Fox because you know what we're gonna hear, baby. We're gonna hear Bijan Robinson. Will probably only be once or twice though is the problem. The, I I like Bijan. The problem is his offensive line, which it doesn't matter unless you're Barry Sanders. And I've said this before. You need an offensive line to block for you in the run game, right? And Mr. Bijan Robinson, he needs that old line up front to give him some space, you know, to run out and at least get an opportunity at that second level to get past those linebackers. I don't know if the offensive line is gonna get it done here, Quinn. Ewers, we talked about him, you know, in the transfers portal part of our segment so far. He he's a good quarterback so far from what we've seen. We've seen one game of his. Good debut, 225 yards, 225 yards, you know, two touchdowns. Good game for him. Coming out of the shoots, but now he's playing Alabama. He's gonna have to get something done to open up that running game to let Mr. Bijan Robinson run the ball, do his thing. I don't know. Alabama won. 
55 to nothing over a, a team I respect a lot, Utah State last week, Woj. Bryce Young, he was the leading passer and rusher, and he had a QBR of 97.3. So all those things put together, I don't know. Hook them horns or not. I mean, the <laughs> odds are stacked against them. I mean, yeah. but if they're going to win this game, Bijan's going to have to be a big part of that. Feel free to take him at 7,300. He won't be on my roster just because of who he's playing. But like I said, again, you're not going to get him at 7,300 ever again. Uh, even, even if he does terrible this week, he'll be an inflated back to an inflated uh, price next week if he's in the slate. So uh, buyer beware on that one. Uh, moving on, though. We got Arkansas State at number three, Ohio State, 11 a.m. on the Big Ten Network wall. Hey, well, this is what I'm excited to talk about. Last week, I was telling people, do not take that big number on Ohio State. Which I, I was telling a friend of mine, I don't know if you know him. I do a podcast with him, Mojo. I mentioned this earlier, but I was telling him, do not take that big number on Ohio State. Well, let's flip the script this week, Woj. Ohio State is going to come out. Mr. Ryan Day is going to make sure they come out. Those first five plays on offense – they are going to be scripted, Woj, and at least one, if not two of those first five places, it's going for the end zone. Let me tell you, they're going to let their playmakers loose, I think. That's my opinion on this game. Arkansas State, though, Woj, yeah, I'm telling you to take this 44-and-a-half point line. Have you, have you ever heard me say, take a favorite at minus 44-and-a-half? Ever, Woj? No, but I, I do want to mention that the last five non-Power 5 teams that Ohio State has played has won by a combined of 42 points, like each game. So uh, it doesn't sound out of the picture, 44.5, to be honest. It doesn't. It doesn't. Over under a 68.5. Obviously, they're thinking Ohio State is going to get most of those points. Money line is off in most places. I, again, I want to I say Arkansas State is not a bad football team, Mojo. They beat Grambling 58-3 to last week. 58-3. to That's Arkansas State, the team that Ohio State is playing this week. Yet I'm telling you to take Ohio State minus 44 and a half. James Blackman, good quarterback, 155 yards passing, 12 of 16, two touchdowns in the first half. That's Arkansas State's quarterback. But defense, let's see how they handle this Ohio State offense. I think Harrison and Johnson, they're going to need to step up, Boj, because Mr. Njigba, he is probably not going to play much. If he does play, he's not going to get a lot of time because he's nursing an injury. Why play him against Arkansas State, right? Yeah, they get uh, Fleming back this week, though, which is a big pickup for them uh, from injury. So uh, they're going to have options. Uh, they don't have limited options at wide receiver spots. So with uh, Mr. Smith Najiba in there or not, they're going to uh, they're going to score some points to the air wall. Well, Mr. You saw Amika Amika. What what is it? I can't I can't never remember. I can't. His name. Buka Amika Buka. <laughs> He, that's the first time I really seen him come to life, but he he was the man that took over last game, Woj, and he's the one that stepped up in that spot when the jig was out. So we'll see how he does this time, but I really think it's going to come down to Harrison and Johnson because I think a lot of the time that Ebuka is going to get double teamed, so that Grambling's not really going to have, or I'm sorry, Arkansas State's not really going to have a choice. But I I just I like this number. I can't remember a number since Texas. I remember I bet them minus 52 and a half, like probably. Going back 16 years. That's the last time I remember betting a number this big, but I, I think I'm going to jump on it, which I just think that Ohio State has to come out. They have to show that they're a good football team. After in front of the nation, you know, Notre Dame, they they beat them three and a half quarters. So, Yeah, ever since that bet, well, Texas hasn't seen a number like that since. <laughs> no, no, they have not. They have not. All right, uh, let's move on. We got number 24, Tennessee, at number 17, Pittsburgh, 2.30 p.m. on ABC Wall. 
Come on, Woj. We're talking about Tennessee minus six and a half, Pitt plus 205, over under of 66 and a half on this one. I mean, I watched some of that Tennessee game last week, Woj. I don't know where were you were, by the way. What were you watching? Like America's Next Top Desperate Housewife or something? While the no, boys were no, no, I was watching, watching the games. I was watching the games. I did not watch the Tennessee game, though. That was one of the ones I did not, I did not zone in on. Their offense, and I'm guessing you're going to pick some players in this one. If I had to take a random guess, because their offense was on fire last year, last week, Woj. 569 yards, you know, against Ball State. They just crushed them. I mean, how many players you got in this one, Woj? All of them? Uh, a lot. So we'll, we'll take that. There's a lot of options in this game. Well, I mean, Hennon Hooker is the first one. If, if Hennon Hooker isn't on your team this week, then you seriously need to think about listening to our podcast and taking our advice or stop listening to the other idiot podcast, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Hennon Hooker is the, the one of the better dual threat quarterbacks out there. Uh, you know, let's just look at last week, right? JT Daniels comes out against Pittsburgh from West Virginia in the backyard brawl, gets 380 per point. And I don't even think he looked that great. Now, Pittsburgh's pass rush is solid, okay? So if JT Daniels can do that against a pass rush like that, Hennon Hooker is going to eat them alive. For one, what happens in a pass rush wall, and I know you know this, is when you have a mobile quarterback like Hennon Hooker, guess what happens in the pass rush? They back off and they put spies. They don't play their normal defense. The line doesn't play like that. They'll send some people every now and then, but they're not going to risk it all in for the biscuit because if they screw up, guess what happens to Hennon Hooker? He gets a touchdown, right, Wall? He does, absolutely. And you make a great point about the spies. It brings them to man-to-man coverage when they do that too. So So, uh, Hennon Hooker, being that mobile quarterback, being able to read that is going to be a huge advantage. So I love him into this game just because of that. Uh, and you have options to stack them with, to be honest. Um, the nature of the pass rush scares me a little bit because, again, he might use his feet more than he, he passes it. So Cedric Tillman's the number one man. He's at 7,300. So that's too pricey for me for sure. You have the option, the USC transfer, Brew McCoy. Uh, and I would probably go with McCoy just because he's at a 5,300 price point. Uh, honestly, I'm probably not going to stack this at all. I'm just going to take Hooker. But if you were going to stack it, Brew McCoy would probably be your better option because he did get some receptions last week. He got some targets. Better price points are not eating away at it. And, again, if that pass rush does continue to come, guess what Hooker's going to do? He's not going to pass it. He's going to keep running it well. Yeah, and they're going to have a tough time stopping him. I hate to say it because the, the man that we love to hate has Mr. Hooker on his fantasy team, but he he's definitely a player this week. Yeah, by the way, I had him last year. Um, I think he was a keeper last year, and I got rid of him because he got hurt. Well, no, no, no. He was hurt, but then was healthy again. Then they put in Joe Milton. I don't know if you remember him from Michigan. Uh, but Mr. Milton went in there uh, and took the job away from him, played two games, so I dropped him, and then they sit Milton and put Hooker back in, and he explodes. So I don't want to talk about it. Uh, anyways, on the other side of the ball – Tennessee did give up 269 yards in the air, despite only giving up 10 points to Ball State last week. So they are, their defense is is able to be taken advantage of. Keaton, Keaton Silva's played pretty well. The USC transfer is now the quarterback at Pitt uh, against West Virginia. In fact, he's actually the cheapest quarterback other than Ohio's Curtis Rookie, who by the but Ohio's playing Penn State, so that's kind of out of the question. But he is the cheapest quarterback that threw for more than 300 yards in the slate, and he's only at 6,800. 
which is incredible. Uh, so he's a really good price point, really good area to pick up Keaton Solvis. Uh, the thing about it is, is they kind of tried to pound it a little bit with the running game last week. And Rodney Hammer or Hammond is uh, the guy that did that. He's only 5,900, got a little banged up, didn't even play the whole game, but got 42.1% of the rushing share. Uh, and he did catch a few passes. He got involved in the, pa- the passing game. I wouldn't expect crazy amount of points, but I think it's a decent value play, especially at 5,900. But there are other good running backs out there, and we'll talk about those coming up. Anything else about that game? Well, I, I, I'm excited for that game. It's going to be an offensive powerhouse, and I'm kind of excited to see what Hennon Hooker does because I'm definitely having him on my fantasy team, and I think everyone else should too. Well, it's, I, I want, this is what I want to ask because I know at 2.30 p.m. you are going to be watching Tennessee at Pittsburgh because half your DraftKings lineup is probably going to be in this game. <laughs> the question I want to ask you, though, is when it comes to the football game and the football teams, I mean, Tennessee minus six and a half right now. It's, it was minus seven, minus seven and a half, you know, getting a little bit of steam there on Pitt. But what are you thinking for the football teams? Like, who do you think is going to win this game? How is this game going to play out in that regard? I think Tennessee wins this. Um, it, the the spread is tough. So there's a lot of points. There's 66.5 is the over-under, which is wild. If I actually were to do anything, I'd probably just bet the over on that. But it is going to be tougher to pick it just because, I again, I don't know how many points Tennessee is going to give up on Pitt. I know Tennessee is going to score a lot of points. And I do, in fact, think Tennessee is going to win this game. But by six and a half, I don't know. Maybe it's three, maybe it's five, but six and a half is tough. It depends on how much Hooker goes after it. But Pitt played good last week, especially against West Virginia. I mean, they 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 looked like a solid football team. They could air it out. They could move it. So they're going to score points too. So, again, I I, I would rather take the over at 66 and a half than the, uh, than the spread wall. But I do think Tennessee but, would win on the money line. I, I think that – what you're saying is makes sense. And we're going to get to this in another game too, but when you get a number 17 team, you know, at home and you got a 24 team coming to play them, 24 ranked team coming to play them and that 24 ranked, that higher ranked team, I guess, higher number wise ranked team, Tennessee is giving points that that's, that's always a red flag, right? Right. Well, because what I'm thinking to myself is, you know, I, Tennessee is not a team I really respect. So I want to hammer against them this season. But this might not be the game because the bookmakers, they're telling me, hey, Tennessee's ranked 24, Pittsburgh's ranked 17, but we're still giving Tennessee, we're making them give six and a half. So I might stay away from this one. But what I would think on another occasion, if this weren't the case, is I'd be on the other side of your bet, which I'd be at that pit plus 205. You know, hey, bookmaker, you keep your points. I want the money line on these guys. I don't care about those points. If I'm going to bet pit in this game, I'm definitely betting the money line. But again, because of what I said, I'm just, Probably going to stay away from this one altogether. Yeah, and, and like I said with the over, I mean, this the Pittsburgh's playing a Tennessee team that gave up 70 plays last week, and Tennessee's playing or Pittsburgh's playing a Tennessee team that gave up 73 plays la- in a game last week, which both of those are pretty high numbers. Those are good numbers. Good numbers for beating a 66 and a half point over under. So again, I, I want to stay away from the minus six and a half. Tennessee gave up 269 passing yards to a ball state team what are they going to do to a Pittsburgh team that actually has really really good i shouldn't say ball state has bad players but definitely better players than ball state so uh just an interesting interesting game there um definitely scc versus acc skewing the numbers there i'm sure 
Uh, anyways, we'll move on. We got Middle Tennessee at Colorado State at 3 p.m. Well. <laughs> the fans, the running <laughs> nation, they're like, <laughs> which which games did Wall pick this week? Well, we figured that out real quick, you know. I definitely picked this one, which and now I'll say we we won't spend a whole lot of time on it. I'm not I'm not gonna say that we're gonna spend the whole episode on, it, but I, I like this game. Which you got Middle Tennessee, a team that got smoked last week by James Madison. Which they got smoked, 44 to seven. That was James Madison's first game in the Sun Belt. They just moved up from the FCS essentially got expedited. They go and smoke. They just smoke Middle Tennessee. But Middle Tennessee did get paid $1.5 million from a couple other teams that weren't even involved in the game. So they're probably laughing their way all the way home. By the way, FCS teams, which some of these top tier FCS teams are getting really good. Like Iowa last week, they played a really good South Dakota State. You got North Dakota State that, you know, they beat the bottom FBS teams most weeks. You know, it's just, it's it's something that we got to watch out for in this dynamic in college football. But back to this game, Colorado State, you know, they got crushed by Michigan too. So both these teams are coming off of big losses. But if if we had to guess who played the better team, Colorado State, right, Woj? Yeah, I, I would I would bet that, yes. Yeah, I, I'd bet in a head-to-head matchup between, you know, Michigan <laughs> between Michigan and James Madison that Michigan would win that one. So I'm on your side, Woj. You know, I'm, I think the old line is going to need to pick it up a little bit. They gave up eight sacks against Michigan, but again, that's a better defense. Middle Tennessee might not be able to bring that much pressure. So on this one, I'm really just going to look for Colorado State to cover that 11. It's at minus 11 right now, over under a 56, Middle Tennessee plus 330. And I know everybody's like, Woj always tells you what channel to watch game on. You you didn't tell him to this one, Woj. Probably because it's not actually. I I don't think it's on TV. (laughs) Well, no, it is. It took me a while. I had to find it for the fans, Woj. But if you're down there in Nashville, there's this channel called Circle TV. It's channel four and a half. <laughs> yes. <laughs> channel they don't four even and get half. a normal channel. They get a four no, and a half. Cha- channel four and a half. So you guys down there in Nashville that want to watch this game, tune into channel four and a half. But you guys that just want to bet on it, look at that Colorado State minus 11. Well, hey, if this if this game goes to 10 and a hook wall, I'll bet it just because it's on channel four and a half and it's 10 and a half. For the, so if it goes to 10 and a half, count me in. But uh, <laughs> I don't know other than that. Let's move on, though. We got uh, Iowa State at Iowa, the Cyhawk Trophy on the line, 3 p.m. on Big Ten Network. While our Hawkeyes looked embarrassing last week to me. What do you think? Yeah, not not to me. I thought they looked great. Watch. If this is 15 years ago, if this is 15 years ago, the conversation we're having right now is Iowa just played one of the greatest defensive games we've ever seen, like a football team play. It was amazing. Watch. They they won the football game on their own. There's very little question about that, right? Offense be damned, the Iowa defense won that football game. And when it comes to college football, the only thing that matters is winning football games. That's that's all that matters. I know there's a lot of hype around, oh, you need to crush this team. You need to crush your opponent by 100 to get any respect. That's not the way it should be. That's not the way it really is if you look at the rules. You just got to have more points than the other team. So I liked Iowa. I had no problem with the way they won. People are making fun of them. That's fine. Hey, they win every single game. Guess who's going to the natty, Woj? Iowa. I'm not going to bet it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Sorry for giving you a, a wedding gift in Iowa with that ticket. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> After that that game, you're probably not liking your wedding gift anymore. But in this game, over under a 40, Iowa minus 180. It's a rivalry game. Anything could happen. <laughs> it is. Uh, so I, I think Iowa, South Dakota State set college football back 100 years last week. 
<laughs> uh, again, uh, defense played phenomenal. Special teams, there's not a better team in, in college football at special teams in Iowa. Our punter is amazing. Our special teams play is amazing. Uh, they are, they do what they need to do, right? But our offense, and it's not just our whole offense, it's just a few key players are just terrible. Our, our play calling is terrible. Everything doesn't look good. Uh, Gavin Williams will be back for this. That's our lead running back, which we didn't have last week, which is, is big, I guess. I haven't really got to see much of him yet. But uh, again, just adding a back to any Iowa offense is, is an improvement. But implied points of 21.75, well, that's a lot of defensive safeties and, and, and <laughs> a lot of defensive touchdowns to get to that number. I don't think their offense improves enough to get to a 21.75 implied point. Like, well, what, what I did, I just don't see the logic in that against an Iowa State team who is, is definitely better than South Dakota State. And I know South Dakota State is known for their defense and good plays, but listen, it wasn't defense and good plays. I, I mean, there were good defense, trust me, but Beatrice missed so many thrown balls behind receivers, down in the dirt, just missing his targets, on, and then throwing into double coverages. And it, it was self-implosion on Beatrice's part, 100%. Uh, and may, maybe it's part of the play calling. I, I don't know, but there, he's he's not a quarterback that should be starting. And I'm going to say it in all of FBS, maybe FCS, but not FBS. Well, so we'll uh, we'll see what they do. Again, I wish there was a DFS site with just defenses because I would be all over this game like I was over Tennessee Pittsburgh. Well, but uh, unfortunately, there isn't. <laughs> well, you, you're lucky, Woj. In this game, you you're getting three and a half points. You get to bet on your boys getting three and a half points because you sound like a goddamn Iowa State fan, Woj. Uh, I am I am not betting Iowa State. I would bet Iowa, but I don't bet on my team. But, again, I will be rooting for Iowa, and I hope they figure out what they need to figure out. But last week was, to me, embarrassing from an offensive standpoint. I already knew their defense was good. I already knew their special teams was godly. But our offense just took a step back from last year, which is hard to do, to be honest. So let's move on, though. We got a, a game I'm actually really excited to watch and get into is number nine Baylor at number 21 BYU, 9.15 p.m. on ESPN wall. Hey, Baylor getting three points, getting three points over under 53 and a half. Baylor, if you want them on the money line, plus 130. So you got that independent, you know, ranked higher than the best, basically the best Big 12 team maybe you could argue Oklahoma State but their defense didn't look so good last week so the best Big 12 team is getting points from an independent BYU Roach yeah um it, it, I mean I guess for good reason uh, Baylor was a better team last year especially they they was one of BYU's two losses on the season uh, it was them and Boise State and they were back to back uh, the thing about it is, is this, th this starts the big stretch for BYU here. And we talked about this in the preview episode too, but this is the big stretch here. Four out of the next six games are Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, and Arkansas. So that is a, and they got, I think they got Wyoming and Utah State mixed into those two. They have to win all, but maybe they can get away with one loss there if they really want their, their playoff shot, which I think they can, they can do. I think BYU is a good enough team to get there. Uh, if they really want to impress the committee, they need to win all four. Uh, this is one of those games they should win. Uh, there's no question in my mind they should win this game. Baylor beat them last year in the trenches, and that's what killed them. The defensive line of Baylor stopped the BYU run. 
Total rushing yards in the entire game was 67 yards. That's not a BYU offense. Uh, so the, the thing is, they're going to have to do what they need to do to get those lines working. And I think they have, it's a veteran line. They're, they're back. So we'll see if they've learned their lessons from last week. They do have to go to the altitude in Parvo this year where they're going to play BYU at home. So we'll see what happens. But I do like BYU. Might have to take them. I don't know. But that's more the heart talking than actually thinking it out right while here. But uh, I, I do like BYU. I do like BYU's chances to make it to the playoffs. And I've already put a bet in for that too. So. Oh, hey, there we go. What do you got money on there, Woj? What kind of? Money you getting on there? Plus, I actually, I don't even remember what I got. I I bet that before the season, but uh, that was even before our episode. I'd have to go back and look, but it was pretty good. Uh, Again, not a lot of money, but enough money to make me happy at the end of the season. Well, well, it must have been like plus five hundred or something crazy like that. I mean, that that puts a Rolex on a redneck. Well, let me tell you, a line like that. (laughs) This this game, you know what? I I spoke about it before, and and you got BYU ranked, you know. Poll makers put them at 21. You got Baylor at nine. Baylor's obviously much better according to the the poll makers than BYU. But you got Baylor getting three, and that just you know it throws me off, Woj. And I I guess I get your line of thinking, you know, especially with this. I I just don't want to take Baylor because this is you. I think you said buyer beware before. This is kind of better beware. You know, stay away from these games where you got the higher ranked team giving points. It just it throws me off. I, over there in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU's home field, you know, they seat around 63,000, I think. They'll be rocking, Butch. They'll be ready for this one. So I kind of like your pick in hindsight thinking through things. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Late night game here, Wall. 10 p.m. on FS1. We got Mississippi State traveling to the desert, playing Arizona, Wall. Yeah, and you got an SEC team, you know, they're going to a Pac-12 stadium. I get that, but we'll see how much <laughs> the Arizona fans show up and uh, help their team. Like it's, it remains to be seen. We'll see at 10 p.m. on FS1, I guess. But Mississippi State minus 10.5, over under a 60, Arizona plus 310 if you want to throw some money in the fire. I don't know, which I, we're getting late, so we won't go into this one too deep. But you got Mike Leach team going against this Arizona team that has trouble stopping football teams from scoring, really. And Mike Leach is going back to the Pac-12 now, right? Last I checked, he was the head coach over there at Mississippi State. Oh, yeah, no, no. You're, yes, yes. I, I mean, it's in Jaden Delora, who's a Washington State, which was his ex-team, is now the head quarterback at Arizona. Played pretty well last week, Wall. Yeah, and I just I, – I like – I like Mr. Mike Leach to coach a game where they're going to pass the ball a lot. They're going to get a lot of points. So that, that minus 10 and a half, you know, look for it, baby. Look for it. Yeah. Again, I do like Jaden Delora, but like you said, this is a different caliber a team coming to play Arizona. Uh, and we'll have to, he'll have to have a crazy game in order to get past Mississippi state. So I, I like Mike Leach come back to the pack 12 should be some interesting uh, press conferences. Cause I'm sure some people are going to ask him some <laughs> stupid questions. So I'm looking, looking forward to that more than anything. Uh, but just a couple other DFS plays for the slate. Um, Devin, uh, Achney, I got to say a name wrong. A-Chain. 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 the running back from Texas A&M. He's 6,800 this week. Had a terrible week last week. Only ran for 2.3 yards per carry for Sam Houston State. They did win the game. Nevertheless, not very good. Uh, 
against a a team, he just gets too much of the percentage of the carry. Taking over for Isaiah Spiller. They're going to run the ball. App State gave up a ton of yards to UNC last week, and that's who they're playing this week. Uh, again, a high number game that was 66 to 64 or 61, I think, uh, was the end score there. So, I mean, he's got a lot of room to grow from what he did last week. He's only he's got a 6,800 price tag. They love to run it there. I'm taking him. I'm putting him on my team. I'm almost positive on that one. Another one that should be on your team is Trey Knox, the tight end. Yes, I said tight end. Well from Arkansas, 4,100. I'm putting a tight end in my my play. He wasn't a tight end last year. He was a wide receiver last year, but they moved him over there. Seven targets, six grabs for Cincinnati last week. Had a TD. Went way over value. He's going to go way over value again this week. There's no reason to think he's not getting those targets like he did last week. It's just a game plan of theirs. Uh, At 4,100, this is a cheap option to put in and have a great uh, great value play there. Uh, definitely a tournament play. I'm sure he's going to be probably a pretty percentagely high picked player at 4,100 in a tournament. But cash game, you can spend your money on some some big time players if you pick up that 4,100 there. Well, hey, Woach, you had me at Mr. A Chain, baby. Devon A Chain, Texas A&M. Like that pick, Woach. He's going to be on my DraftKings team. Hey, uh, just another quick one. If if for any of those guys looking for low percentage people. Check out Ohio. Ohio versus Penn State. They're traveling to Penn State. It's going to be a tough game. Not saying they're going to win, but they're going to have to pass it. And right now at 5,000, you can get the the guy that threw it and had the most points in DraftKings last week as quarterback in a slate in Curtis Rorke from Ohio. I, I mean, 40 points last week in DK. Threw the ball a ton, had four touchdowns, zero picks, 345 or 45 yards, and ran the ball 14 times for in the for one TD too. So uh, definitely an option there for those that want low percentage on players because people he's probably not going to get picked very much, and it also relieves a lot of your roster money to pick up somebody else. Uh, not saying they're going to win it, but Penn State did give up some points to uh, Jaden O'Connell or Aiden O'Connell last week, which was the Purdue quarterback. So just an option there to. See if people want to float that out in one of the rosters. Definitely, if you're doing multi-roster, I would put him in for sure, Wall. I like it, baby. You got other people out there. Oh, take Mr. DJ Ugalele. Take, you know, Mr. Wilson, whoever they're saying. And then, whoa, just coming at you. Pick up Curtis Roar. quarterback at Ohio. I love it, Woj. I love it. I might put him on my team just because you're fishing, baby. I love it. You're fishing. All right, well, let's do the pick em. We both won last week. You had Oklahoma State in the over. Uh, they, over, over, under was 58. They scored 58 by themselves. Uh, West Virginia pick, I had the over with 51 and a half, looking dicey in the first half, but then they exploded. I think the end was 70 or something like that. Uh, so we uh, definitely started with a win-win there. You are taking what this week, Wall? Now this week, man, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm looking here at, at sportsbettingintel.com, which I feel like we, we should mention our partners. And I'm seeing this. This game I'm taking, USC, man, you watch the lines, baby. You got to pick a right line. You got minus seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half. Some books are at 10. So I'm looking at the best line. We're going to use our tools at sportsbettingintel.com. And I'm going to take USC minus seven and a half, which game we didn't talk about. They're playing Stanford. I like this team. I like this football team. They came out really really well last really good they played some good football Woj. i'm gonna take them minus seven and a half i just like them to cover that you know touchdown and a hook i do like your pick i love that pick and i'm gonna give people two so from the heart byu minus two and a half 
I want BYU to win. I think they're going to win, but I'm not going to take that one. I'm swapping it up on your wall. I know I wrote down BYU minus two and a half there. I'm taking Kentucky plus seven. Kentucky plus seven. They're going to have their struggle because they're they're traveling to the swamp. But I'm I think the Florida game got overhyped for what it was. Utah did not play very well for one. Anthony Richardson is a good quarterback, a dual threat quarterback, all that goodness, but they're not going to cover seven against Kentucky, an improved Kentucky team that's been improving for years and years out. I like Kentucky getting seven in the swamp wall. That's that's a pick, Woj. Let me tell you. I mean, beginning of the season, I'd be all over that, but I'm going to kind of disagree with you on the on the, that last game. I just Florida looked too good for me to want to bet them here. But I mean, last week, Woj, well, you, you won me some money. You're nipping at my heels. I guess I'll bet on them again because if I lose, then hey, I lost the money, but at least you're one behind me. Hopefully by the end of the week. So we're we're taking Kentucky plus seven. How much? Kentucky plus seven. I do like your pick with USC. Uh, they looked. Uh, I guess good, but uh, they could have been even better. I, I don't. I think they're holding back. On paper, they're still the best team, offensive team in college football. I think so. Uh, well, we'll have to see. Wall. We will. It's going to be another good week of football, man. We got that Iowa Iowa State rivalry coming up. We'll be cheering. We'll be wearing our you know our yellow and black. And hey, go Hawks, baby. Yeah, go Hawks. And remember, if you want to get a free one-on-one consultation and learn how to use all the tools at SBI, Sports Betting Intel, when you sign up, use code RUNDOWN, and you'll get a free one-on-one consultation with the one of the creators for the website, and uh, he'll help you out, figure out how to use all those calculators and awesome parlay tools and all that. So uh, head over to SBI and, and check it out. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>